Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. This is going to be a great episode with Cody Nelson and Mark Denham of the Outdoorsman's in Phoenix. And I want to thank them for their sponsorship of this podcast. Uh, I also want to thank you guys, the listeners, uh, for your just loyal support to the podcast. And I appreciate getting emails Facebook messages, direct messages on Instagram from you guys, the listeners, every single day. And I do my best to answer immediately uh, the questions that come in. And I'm so thankful for the comments that you guys uh, give about the podcast. And I really appreciate um, all of the support as far as you guys telling your friends. And I appreciate the support on the comments on iTunes, and I want to remind you, if you haven't and you do enjoy the podcast, can you go on iTunes and leave me a positive review, leave me a fair review, you know, leave me a a fair positive review uh, and a five-star rating if you like the podcast and that helps our placement on iTunes. I want to thank the sponsors of this podcast. Obviously, I'm doing an episode here with the guys from the Outdoorsman's, but this podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of the Go Hunt Insider, Lorenzo Sartini and his crew. And uh, we're just kind of towards the tail end of application season. We've got Arizona deer and sheep uh, coming up. The regs should be out any day now. Uh, And those uh, applications will be due in June. Uh, So we're going to have a bunch of stuff to cover on the deer and the sheep. But I want to thank Lorenzo and his crew for doing such a great job with the Insider. And I'm getting uh, lots of response uh, back from you guys, the listeners, from those of you that are Insider members and are using the Insider tool uh, the resource to draw tags across the Western United States, uh, and um, the support for Go Hunt has been overwhelming. Uh, in the fact that uh, y- you know they've uh, they just keep getting better and better, and the draw odds, uh, the harvest statistics, all of the stuff that's in one place at one time, I've gotten great feedback on that. If you're not an insider member, you you can use the J Scott promo code and you're going to get a $50 Kuyu gift card just for signing up. Um, make sure to use that J Scott promo code when signing up. Uh, I want to thank uh, them. I want to thank Kuyu.com, Jason Harrison uh, and Brendan Burns over at Kuyu. Their team in Dixon, Colorado does just a phenomenal job uh, creating the best ultralight hunting gear available on the market. And I'm looking forward to uh, going on a mountain goat hunt uh, th- late this summer. And uh, we're going to be doing quite a bit of uh, podcast episodes about the gear that I'll be using and as well as all the doll sheep and mountain caribou hunts uh, coming up uh, this summer and then all of the the regular stuff, all of the elk and deer and and sheep and and, and all of that. I want to thank Kuyu.com for their sponsorship of this podcast. Uh, It means a lot to me. I've been using their gear since they came out and 2010 and um, uh, I, I get a lot of response from you guys uh, how much you like Kuyu also. I also want to thank Cheston Davis with Phonescope.com up there in Beaver, Utah. Uh, Cheston's company Phonescope.com makes the best digiscoping adapters. Uh, they can match any optic with any phone and you'll be immediately uh, taking photos and, and um, videos of uh, animals 
And um, if you use the JScott16 promo code, you're going to get a 10% discount there at phonescope.com. And then, of course, the outdoorsmans, uh, Mark and, and Cody, are going to be on this episode. And uh, if you use the JScott promo code when you either call in 1-800-291-8065 or go on the Internet or walk into the shop, uh, you get a 10% discount. So, guys, let's get right to this episode. Uh, I'll be headed off here going Gould's turkey hunting. I'm going to be gone uh, for roughly three and a half weeks. I've got a great lineup of hunters, and I'm really looking forward uh, to that. I've got uh, the podcast all set to continue uh, loading uh, episodes, and I will be periodically uh, in phone service and out of phone service. When I'm in phone service, I'm going to be checking in. I'm going to be checking my messages, my emails, uh, and uh, it's just a great time of year. Uh, we got application seasons, you know, elk, elk season. Uh, the elk draw has been out in Arizona, New Mexico. Uh, we're waiting right now on Colorado and Utah and Nevada um, but uh, and some of the other states. But, uh, yeah, great times turkey hunting. Uh, you guys uh, uh, send me pics of, of turkey hunt uh, photos that you have. Love to see the success. Uh, let's get right to this episode. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. I'm down here at the Outdoorsman's. Yeah, I've got Cody Nelson. How you doing, Jay? I've got Mark Denham. How you doing? Good. Um, you guys look like you're busy down here. Stuff's rocking, huh? It never seems to stop lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, the boys are busy. That's good, man. The FedEx guy just came. It seemed like you spent an hour here taking stuff in and out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's our our off season has has kind of uh, ramped up a little bit. We don't get much of a break anymore. It's it's pretty much year round now. Yeah, Floyd, Floyd always used to talk about those definitive, like, Low you know, periods. That, that March to June 1st or July 1. Eh, not anymore. No. Well, that's good as... as no, uh, I think it's because people, you know, I think people are doing much, or doing way more than they used yeah. to. They're hunting, they're shed hunting, they're... Turkey I mean, season. Our backpacks have been, you know, flying off the shelf lately. And it, yeah. It, it's just, you know, I think people are, you know, getting in shape and they're... They're they're getting their gear ready way before, and you know, I think there's a lot of people doing a lot more than they used to. So it's not so seasonal. One thing that you guys got going on, um, you announced that loophole is now being carried here in the shop. I was curious, um, your thoughts about that. Uh, w- w- well, first of all, we're very excited to have them. Loophole's got that. Um, God, uh, loophole's been around for a very long time. Uh, they've got an instant credibility. Um, there is something about, you know, uh, kind of the, the, they've got good looking gear. They, they do it right. Um, it certainly hits a lot of different markets. Uh, they've got high end all the way to, you know, the, uh, the, the simplest and, in you know, like their entry level stuff, entry level. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's, I think that loophole for the most part, I think that there's so much now in that middle market that I think that they kind of lost their way for a little while. And we started, we've been watching, you know, certain aspects of the market and, and they seem to be making a real push to, um, not reintroduce themselves, but 
attach themselves and understand that that Western style of hunting, um, it, it's been here for a long time. It's not going anywhere. And I think that with their marketing and a lot of different stuff in the past, you know, eight, 10 years, they just, they just weren't, you know, they just weren't engaged as much as I think they, they could have been. And, um, and I would tell you that the, the fact that we're doing something with them now has been, um, this has been over a, a long period of time. Um, I would tell you that they originally approached us. Um, we started really looking at them really, really hard. Um, and, uh, and, and to what they could do for us and what we could do with their product because they have such a wide, you know, spectrum, um, spectrum of products. And, you know, they've got law enforcement, they've got, they've got a lot of stuff that maybe people don't know. We get contacted a lot about, so, um, it fits our way of business and our mold, our, our, uh, uh, you know, our system. And, you know, I mean, Mark's, Mark's got a lot of experience with the military side of things and, and, you know, the law enforcement side of things. And, you know, I just, I think it works for us. I think it's a good fit. You know, speaking of that, Mark, um, I introduced you by name and I just assume people know who you are, but I've had Cody on the podcast. I don't believe I've had you on. You're the son of Chris Denham. Yep. And uh, Chris Denham of Western Hunter Magazine mm-hmm. and Wilderness Athlete. Mm-hmm. And you have a background in military, correct? Yeah. You were in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you take a second still am. and <laughs> kind of give us a breakdown on kind of your bio and, and uh, how you came about to be here at the Outdoorsman's? Um, well, I was basically born and raised in the Outdoorsman's. Um, I've been in this <laughs> shop. I've been in this shop for a very long time. It, it honestly, you know, the working here and not working here kind of blends together i could you know when when did you start working here i i don't know i mean you know i've been working the road shows with the outdoorsmen for five years now yeah mark's um, been a huge part of the the, the outdoors uh you know the, our road show stuff for mm-hmm. at least five years yeah so i've been doing that for a really long time um i kind of i kind of helped fill in some gaps some date gaps there like last year sometime mm-hmm. and it honestly it just it made sense at the time i had just uh just finished school up in uh, Prescott. I got a, a degree in gunsmithing from Yavapai College up in Prescott. Um, I've been in the uh, Marine Corps Reserves for almost six years now. Um, I actually, my contract ends in uh, July of this year, so I'm done with that pretty soon. Um, that's been awesome. I've been here in Phoenix for six years, but, you know, it's been a it's been a great opportunity. Never got any, you know, awesome opportunities to do any of the, you know, the really some of the really cool stuff, but it being here, you know, it gives you, it's a, it's still an awesome opportunity that I had. So it's a, it's a really cool setup. And, uh, Mark's yes, like what, what we like to refer to as a plug and play guy. When we, uh, when we hired him, um, you know, I mean, we were looking for people and in the back of my mind, it kind of kept thinking, God, he's just being, I mean, perfect. Just being, I mean, I kept thinking, I don't, why there's no reason not to hire him. And we really did. We just we all talked about it, and Floyd and Mark's dad. So what he's saying is, just hired you out of default. Exactly. Yeah. No. Just I mean, pity. It just, but it was, it pity was mostly. But it's not even. <laughs> <laughs> we always make we always make jokes that that you know me and my sister actually we always make jokes about about Chris Denham's son and Chris Denham's daughter because for you know for the longest <laughs> time when I when I get introduced to somebody That's for it. the longest time it shows it's like hey this you know I'm I'm Mark Denham and they kind of like. Oh hey, you know, nice to meet you. And there's the look of you know, 
yeah, who is this kid? Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm, I'm Chris's son. Oh, oh, right. You're yeah, Chris's yeah, son. Okay. It. Now I got you. So you yeah. can email me at Chris Denimson at outdoorsmans.com. I do have a, <laughs> I do have the email set up, so you can go ahead and yeah. just email me there. And I would say sometimes he claims you, but sometimes he might not. Yes, yes. <laughs> and your sister will definitely maybe not claim you all the time. <laughs> Most of the time, no. Most of the time, no. She has no idea who that kid is over there, so... Yeah. Well, it's good to have you here on the podcast. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. Anxious to ta- to hear from you about the BTX, which is kind of the main reason why I'm here. I wanted to talk to you guys about the BTX. I know you've had quite a uh, bit of work with it um, mm-hmm. out on the range. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's going to be good to hear your perspective on that. And Well, I think it's a – at this point, probably one of the most unique – views with it i don't i don't know how many people have had the the range time that he's had on it behind an actual shooting weapon and yeah and and so i'll let him tell you about it but it's it's, i I would say it's probably one of the most unique um experiences that anybody's had so far with the btx yeah i think they just i think my dad just finished up don't quote me on this one because i don't know if they had the btx with them i'm almost positive they did but at ftw out in out in texas they were there for I think three or four days out there, and so they probably got some really good range time behind it. But we were pretty dang lucky to get the BTX when we did, and we were able to take it out. I was it was just a coincidence. I was going out shooting the next day because we had a you know a sweet new shop rifle that we needed to sight in, and you know we poke out to thirteen hundred yards at a range that we've got down south, and uh, it was really cool to be able to sit out there for six or seven hours and just sit. I mean, behind a guy all day long and just pound rounds downrange and be able to see impacts at a thousand yards that watching through a single eyepiece is really tiring grueling Grueling. it is and and you you miss things you 100 percent miss things and when an impact is a little poof of dust you know to the right of a steel target at a thousand yards you gotta have your eyes open you gotta be able to catch that and i there's there's no one out there that that can say that if they've shot for that many rounds, I don't care. You flinch sometimes oh, yeah. when a rifle goes off. If you got a suppressor on it, you know that's great. But when a rifle goes off, you flinch sometimes. Sometimes you you get lucky and you don't close your eyes or anything. But you know most of the time you do, and it's so much better than that eye relief that it has is so much more forgiving than a single eyepiece. That I mean, you can call shots all day long. That's you know one thing with the amount of time that I've spent with with my BTX. It's so comfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's over and over again. That's even when the, you know you're just glassing deer on a ridge top. It's comfortable. Uh, of mm-hmm. the hundreds of people we've shown it to now, I think the one thing, no matter what, we can all agree to disagree on all the different subjects, and everybody comes back to the one common thing. It's the easiest of any of the big eye stuff that they have ever looked through. Yeah. It's just like looking through a pair of ELs. I mean, it's yeah. just like looking through a pair of I, binoculars. I completely yeah. agree. I'm curious on the range, um, which objective did you have out there? Did you have the 65, the 85, or the 95? I had the 95 and the 65. I didn't have an 85 with me, which in hindsight is actually, in my opinion, I mean, the math, math-wise, math it is the best performing eyepiece right now with the BTX. It has the largest exit pupil, you know, and, and yep. so I wish I would have had it. But in the grand scheme of things, now that I've seen the 95 and the 65 perform against each other, it wouldn't have made much of a difference. I mean, we're talking noon in Arizona, you know, during in May or in April. Uh, it wasn't a huge, you know, wouldn't have made a huge difference. 
the, uh, t- the times I've had it out, it's been kind of early morning, and heat waves weren't as much of a big of a problem. What what kind of situation did you have as far as heat waves? It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad heat waves. Did really well. It did really well, and I, I think the main thing is it just it it boils back down to the comfort you know the the comfortable uh, uh, you know aspect of it because there's nothing out there that really. There's no heat wave killer out there. Well, I was going to say, you know, I think that's something that needs to be said in this because I've had probably, I don't know, 20 questions about, well, how does it do on heat waves? Yeah. Well, you know, any binocular picks up heat waves. Yeah. You know, and it's nothing. I think that's probably a great way of putting it. There's nothing that makes heat waves go away. I mean, besides besides getting out there earlier, go shooting earlier if you don't want to look at heat waves. but. That's the thing; is it boils back down to the to the comfort level of it because you're heat waves get annoying. Eyes. You're using both eyes, right. and so when heat waves get annoying uh, in a in a in a high powered spotting scope, it's because you're getting uncomfortable and, and you're I, getting I lazy. Think it it, you, it needs to be said then when you are looking through heat waves, things can be more difficult to focus. Mm-hmm. It it may distort your ability to focus. When you're looking through heat waves, I mean, if you're using heat waves as a wind detector or, you know, any of the shooting aids that mm-hmm. you could, I think it just lends itself to say that when you're looking through a good piece of, you know, equipment and you're using those, those you know, um, smaller intangibles as a way to detect wind or what have you, the better the glass, the better you're going to be able to see those things. So, yeah. you know, it, I, I kind of want to put the heat wave thing to rest i mean people how do you make heat waves disappear well uh get more space between yourself and the ground i mean really that's what it comes down to and you know that's uh, and we've always said that about big guys get yourself up get some elevation and you know and and i know that's tough like on antelope hunting you always seem to be looking right across the you know the uh the dirt but that's separate yourself from the from the from the ground Mark, do you think the BTX will have its own little niche within the compute, uh, comp- competition shooters? I believe so, and I, I hope they. I hope they're able to see it, and I hope they get the opportunity to look behind it uh, because it. I mean, they. There are a lot of competition shooters that probably spend more time behind glass than we do. I mean, that's the thing is yeah. is it's a huge part of their. You know, it's a huge part of what they do. It's. Their their spotting scopes are only half of what they do. I mean, their rifle scopes are probably probably higher on their list of things that are more important to them. But their spotting scopes are important, and it'll be interesting to see the magnifier because I think once the magnifier is confirmed as a you know really awesome piece of gear, then I think it'll start to really hit in with the, with that type of market. Uh, because right now, I mean, I took it to the range because it was. You know, it was awesome. It was brand new and stuff, but a sixty power, you know, would have been really nice to have. You know, so to, especially trying to spot groups at a thousand yards through heat waves, through stuff like that, sixty power would have been really nice. So we'll, I, with that ninety-five millimeter and that that magnifier, I I definitely that'll be that'll be part of my range pack. You know, that I'm I'm definitely taking that to the range. And the magnifier is a one point seven, correct? One point seven. And so so on the third, on the thirty, it's going to be fifty one power. On correct. the ninety five, which is thirty five power, it's going to be sixty power. Yeah, right? fifty nine and a half. So sixty. I think <coughs> we're just going to call it sixty. Yep. But yeah, it's it's any we, word on the magnifier when it's supposed to hit? There, it's it, truthfully any day. It, I mean, yeah. it literally could be any day right now. But that's. Uh, 
it's the one of all of the whole system. It's uh, I'm excited about it because it it, it it's a it, you know everybody kind of goes back to the well you know what about the doubler you know the doubler just was it was what they what they thought it was going to be and and the fact of it was is the doubler was never meant to replace. 100% of spotting scope. No one ever claimed it was going to be, right. you know, the same as equal to a 65 millimeter spotter or 80. It's just that's not what it was for. It was to truthfully give somebody double the power. And if if this, we call it the puck, if, the hockey puck, the hockey puck, if this literally performs, I mean, even close to the way that the BTX is performing. I don't know how it's just not an absolute for sure piece of gear that you got to have. Well, I think one of the things that's cool, not only with the BTX, but the puck is going to be used for spotting scopes as well, right? I mean, you can use oh, it between yeah. your regular I, 30 I, to 70 absolutely. Yeah, And I think oh, yeah. that's I mean, a that whole other element that's pretty cool. I think there's some cool. digiscoping and some DSLR, you know, photography. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that we that are coming. That we just—I don't know if we've ever had the opportunity to experience it like this. Yeah, because hey, I think I think I'm right on this one. It turns the 95 millimeter with an STX or ATX into a 120 power spotting that's scope. That's correct. So that is—that's pretty mind blowing. And I mean, I mean, to think what the to think what the 95 looks like at 70 power right now—it's—it's it's, it's gorgeous. Well, I mean, so. there's there's some bucks that you know we've seen it miles. That I didn't even bring out the just because it was like ah oh, it's just not I, even mess with I, it. I'm not even gonna mess yeah. with it because I it's not gonna turn out anyway. My biggest thing with the magnifier is how much in low light will it actually affect well the quality and that you know it's is it gonna be one of those things small. that you know at at first light maybe for the first five minutes you're kind of limited. or is it a deal where you know it's fifteen minutes and if it's only five. It could be pretty cool where you're like, you know what, I'm going to give up a little bit. Maybe where I'm not even going to switch it on and off. I'm just going to yeah. leave it. Yeah. Right. But within you know five or eight minutes, you're hammering stuff. Well, I think that's what. I, I again, I, I I think if it even even if it's close to what the BTX performs, we're talking maybe a few minutes if it's dark. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, the the videos that we've seen of it in action, you know, from the European yeah. side of things. You kind of keep waiting for it to get dark in the video. You're like, it, yeah. it just keeps getting, it's as bright as the original picture. Yeah. The what one it, video we've seen is what was in, I mean, what looked like an afternoon type light. Exactly. But uh, yep. I think it was that, that license plate video you're talking it, about. It, yeah. Yep. So a license plate from what looks like 300 yards. It was 300, a, a couple hundred, 300 yards. Yeah. And he takes it from its lower power setting with the 95. I can't remember what that number is all the way up. And it's a, it's a video of it zooming in. And I mean, if it was like one of our license plate in here in Arizona, you could read, you could read my, you know, my registration expires October, 2018. Yeah. It you was, know, clear as day. It was clear as day. It, it, I mean, it was pretty impressive. A clarification question with the magnifier. We're talking just on a regular spotting scope. Is the zoom capability on a spotting scope still going to be able oh, yeah. to? So yes. the BTX is fixed, but the the hockey puck, so to speak, the magnifier on the spotting scope will still be able to be on Absolutely. thirty power on mine, ninety five millimeter, thirty to seventy. Yep. And then as you crank the seventy, that's what you were talking about. It's going to go to full one twenty. Well, it's with the 
with the magnifier on, it's starts it's at, a new it, yeah it starts at a new low and then right. it goes to one twenty whatever one point seven times thirty is. Right. Without it on, it states that it's thirty right, right. thirty to seventy. So, what I mean, what I see people doing is the fact that it weighs probably I mean ounces. I, I don't know the exact weight on it, but it's something that it's, if it's you're going to be carrying. Yeah, it's fifty one. Fifty one to one twenty. Yeah. So I mean, those there's there's no reason you shouldn't just have it in a little you know little pocket. Mm-hmm. And if you find a situation that because if it's not usable in in extreme low light, then don't don't put it on. But it takes it takes a couple seconds to put on there. Yeah. It weighs ounces. You know, there's no reason, and at a really good price point at three seventy, it's it's actually pretty reasonable. I gotta think the. It's not really your market, you guys' market, but I gotta think the birders. Oh, they're going nuts over I got to think they're going to go nuts over, I, I over the BTX and the hockey puck. Anybody that is using a spotting scope now, and I mean, this, I'm, this is just me talking right now, anybody using a spotting scope, birder or not, hunter, birder, shooting, I don't know how you can't not want to entertain the idea of owning this yeah. simply because of the fact of it's so easy to look through. Right. I, I, I don't think there's been anything You're talking about ever. BTX. Yeah, it, the BTX. I don't think there's been anything ever in the history of 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 optics that has made people going to want to use a spotting scope such as this. I, I just, I think it's that Definitely. big. I think the whole, you know, the whole thing of... of I mean, we talk to people with different optic setups all day long, and I, I hear it more and more of, you know, hey, what tripod head should I use? Well, what, what optics are you using? Uh, you know, Vortex Razors, you know, uh, you know, Leupold Mojave's, wh- whatever they have, or are you using a spotting scope? No, no, I don't have a spotting scope. Like really, you know, and I, I usually don't, you know, get into the whole, you know, that thing. Like, oh, why didn't you use a spotting scope? But it's just interesting to hear that a lot of people aren't using spotting scopes and. I believe it has to do with, you know, one, the weight-saving capabilities, I guess, of it. But two, those people probably don't find spotting scopes useful. Yeah, they're they're not comfortable. They're not comfortable. And mainly because... One eye. You're using one eye. And and honestly, I mean, there is a lot of times where I don't find even the nicest spotting scopes out there extremely comfortable. You know, you're sitting there and you, exactly. you're you sitting there for 30 seconds and you're like, God. Yeah, any more I than about 30 seconds, it's you start seeing double. You know, and especially when you, you know, especially when you're sitting there and you, you know, you bet at a, you bet at a koozie at one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, and your dad's like, do not take <laughs> your <laughs> eye off <laughs> and chop your balls off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've never and heard you, that before. Yeah, and you got to sit there for three hours, you know, and, and he's far enough away where you might miss him with a pair of 10s or 12s. You got to stay in that spotting scope for that and, long. And I it think gets that the. Killer. First of all, the guys don't want to use it because it hurts. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, it's it over a period of time it starts to bug them or they have a headache or whatever. And and now you're giving somebody a solution to that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we the, that guy that came in, he's been in a couple three times in the last couple of days and you know, he's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really actually thinking about getting one of those. I hate I mean, his literal word, I hate spotting scopes." Yeah. We showed him what was going on and how the BTX and He's been in three times just looking at it going, man, I I think I need one because mm-hmm. I would use this because I've never wanted one because every time I look through mm-hmm. them, I get a headache. What I hear you guys saying is there's going to be a whole group of people that have never used spotting scopes that are all of a sudden going to be 
feeling comfortable using the spotting scopes. Entertaining the idea. Entertaining hopefully. the idea. Yeah. I mean, there's still that barrier of, yes, it is a high-end optic. It is in that high-end price range. So obviously not every every person out there that was holding out is going to be able to just be like, yeah, I'll take a BTX. But it it will start the conversation of why is this not the norm? And especially with the weight that it came in at. Yeah. It's not... It's not obnoxious. Even if you went at the the least expensive option, yeah, in the sixty five and the BTX, that's a little gem at four point one four pounds. I mean, you're, I mean, you're basically at uh, at thirty seven, thirty eight, thirty eight hundred bucks. Yeah, thirty seven, thirty eight. So even at that price range, you, you've never had the opportunity to. Ha- I mean, you're not losing anything; you're gaining. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think any but any Western hunter that's truly serious about antelope, deer, sure. sheep, coos deer, mule deer, you know, mm-hmm. what we like to chase, elk, I mean, to not have one, I think you're going to be missing out. And I've been saying that about big optics, mm-hmm. you know, koas, yeah. doctors, oh, big eyes, like. It's it's huge. Yeah, it's the same well, it's the same thing for people saying like, oh, I never own a pair of big eyes because some well, of them didn't the, find them comfortable. The number one deterrent was not the price weight. of of koas. Yeah, it was, was not the price. Pounds. It was weight. always weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always weight. Right. And size. I mean, weight and weight and size. I mean, they most of the time they go hand in hand. But uh, I mean, even if I would say weight's the single most biggest yeah. factor. Yeah. Well, I don't know if either one of you had done this, but I know I know you probably have. But I'm so used to using the koas that when I'm reaching, like when I'm putting my hands out to move stuff. I keep like f- trying to like my hands keep going to about where the coas are, yeah. and I keep reaching out there, and there's only one, t- one tube, and I'm like, "You got to be kidding me!" I'm I like, keep trying to focus well, each eyepiece. Well, that's yeah, that's the thing yeah. is I keep getting yeah. It's just, that's the thing with the so coas. There was always you know you always have to tinker so much depending on your depth and how far out you're looking. If you know when you bounce from you know the far ridge and then bounced up and you were just. You know, maybe you saw a deer on the close ridge. You were always having to refocus, I thought, oh, yeah. with oh, both yeah, eyes. Whereas this, I didn't notice that the other day when we were out glassing. We were specifically looking at those deer, and then we were looking at the close ridge Yep. Um, at those other deer. And it was like I didn't even have to touch anything. I, well, no, we didn't. I mean, I mean, I, I mean it has a great depth you might have, for sure. You might have had to readjust i mean just to like slightly slightly but i mean like with the koas a lot you're fidgeting a lot and in other words you with the koas you could be looking way out there and you see something in the bottom of your field of view you would literally have to move it to adjust it to even see what kind of coos buck it was and i felt like this btx like you wouldn't even have to touch anything and you could say that's 105 inch buck okay let me get a little more precise Right. But I feel like with the koas, you would just see kind of blur, and you'd have to refocus. Yeah, exactly. the finite adjustment is is much easier with it, especially it being a single focus wheel. Yeah. I mean, first off, that's huge. You because with the koas, I always felt like I was always a little off. It was never perfect, right. you know. And then the then the eye cups, you know, come into play where all of a sudden you have extremely comfortable eye cups to use that work exactly like a pair of binoculars instead of those massive eye cups you know or the the rim around those eye cups on the on the coas was just insanely large i never understood that but cody when i left you and jake um the other day you guys were right in the middle of starting to do your field of view test yep 
and I've got in front of me the results from that field of view test. And what I think is important about that, and I mentioned it a little bit on the last podcast, um, obviously every manufacturer is going to list weight. They're going to list field of view. They're going to list exit pupil. They're going to list a bunch of things. I did find it interesting that it seemed like the claimed field of view was not when you really tested it on all the manufacturers across the board was it, not in, the same. So in the way we've talked about this is, is it to me, it's look again, we can all look at certain pieces of gear and go, you know what though? I like to use those because this, some people use the doctors because they're straight. Some people use the co. I, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. There's, there's a number of reasons to use any one of those pieces of gear. But there is one single fact that was pretty evident against all this is edge-to-edge clarity on the BTX and the 95 blew away everything in this test. Um, and you gotta ha- you literally have to make and understand that there is edge-to-edge clarity and that's usable glass. So if you have 10% of the outside edge that they're considering as a part of their field of view, but it's blurry and you got to literally to kind of really angle get your it, eyes, you got to angle your eyes to kind of look into the sides. That's not usable. That, that's not that I, I can't use that as a comparison. I can't, yeah. it, it's there were in this field, the, the BTX was hands down best. Now, we set out to basically debunk, if you will, like what are the claims actually, you know, what are they? Well, when we did that, we used basically a stationary truck, the front bumper of my truck, and then I literally walked the distances off, and and Jake, you know, basically got behind the binos, and when he was set up and ready, you know, I would literally walk until I was out of his screen, and then. So, in other words, the left side of his binos was on the front part of the bumper, so that was a constant. Yeah, well, yeah. In this case, the right side of his was the constant. And then you were on the left field in the. And and he would line it up to where the it was usable, you know, edge to edge field of view, and then I would walk, you know, away from the truck, and when I would get to where there was a. You know, a discernible, okay, Cody, you're out of the screen. Come back a step. Come back a step. Okay, I can fully see you and fully understand. Like, I can read the print on your shirt. Well, that's what we used as the test. And, and you know, I mean, the numbers are the numbers, and and we can talk about those. But um, the fact of it is is that the BTX was as – the COAs were as close to the claimed – distances any of them um and, and the cobas were pretty good they i mean they were consistent and they were good um the ones that we don't truly know about were the twins you're, i mean we were using your twins mm-hmm. um because the only thing that we can use to measure those twins is basically what the the tech specs are that come off Sarovsky's website there's no but I was curious how you factored that too. Were you just taking the single eyepiece one field no, no, of view? No, 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 no. Well, well, yeah. When we when we got the specs on them, because 
There is the, there is no tech spec for two of them mounted right. together. You yeah. had 126 feet as the now, claim for the twins. Correct. And just remember that that 26 feet, that 126, is at 25 power. Right. The COAs were at 40. I mean, I'm sorry. The COAs were at 32. The doctors were at 40. And, you, I mean, you just have to realize, um, I suppose I should talk about this too. Uh, I went, uh, after we did this test, there was, um, I went over to Bob Griego's house and we were looking at a piece of the mountain and, and I, I can't even begin to tell you, we were looking, we, we took a sign on one side of the mountain and we took a saguaro cactus on the other and we were using 40 by eighties and we were using the, the, the 95 BTX at the time. I can't even begin to explain to you how distorted at basically, you know, two miles, how distorted the Saguaro cactus was in the field of view. In the in the BTX, I had no problems recognizing that there was a, a normal, you know, uh, trunk and then it had arms that came off. I literally had to stare through it and look into the angle on, you know, the doctor's and guys, I'm not banging on the doctors because at, at two miles and plus, those doctors are pretty awesome. Well, I mean, but you're saying you're not view, banging on it. It is what it is. It, I mean, it just for is your eyes, that's what you're reporting. Like right. you, you can only report exactly. what your eyes see. Mark, yeah. you can only yeah, exactly, report exactly. how your eyes perform. Yeah. Everybody no performs a little different. Exactly. But what you're yeah. saying is at two miles, the clarity... The amount of resolution. The, well, the distortion at the outer edge. On so the So when doctors. they claim that they're 40, or the, the, the doctor 40 by 80s or 126 at 40 power at 1,000 yards, 126 feet, I'm sorry. It's not. you got to take a percentage of that and get rid of it. And our number was... Um, 87. Was 87. And just to be clear uh, for you listeners out there, there is a chart that's on the Outdoorsman's website um, that you can go and you can actually see the numbers. And the doctor 40 by 80s were claimed at 126 feet. The actual measured was 87. 87 feet. The Koa Highlanders was claimed at 116. It was actually 108. Now keep in mind, that's 40 power at 87 feet for the doctors. That's 32 power at 108 feet, so 8 power less. Right. Then you go to the BTX 95, which is at 35 power, claimed at 96. You guys measured it at 87. That's at 35 power. The BTX 85, 30 by 85, was 112, measured at 102. The 65, 30 by 65 BTX, um, that's claimed at 112. It was actually 102. The twins... My twins were 25 by 50, but it was on 25 power, correct? correct? 25 power. By 65 millimeter, claimed 126, actually measured at 117. That's correct. Which I thought was an interesting number, which I'll come back to. Um, And then the STX, just the regular uh, spotting scope, the 30 to 70 eyepiece was 104, actually measured at 90. Um, Going back to the twins, one thing I thought was interesting I was, I've always been impressed with the field of view, but you also have to remember it's 25, 25 power, power. So mm-hmm. it's not really a fair fight because with the 95 BTX, it's 
10 more power at 35. That's correct. And the 65, it's 5 more power. Yep. Yeah. Um, but the one of the reasons why I really like the Twins is that it is at 25 power, and you seem to have, from what you feel, a pretty wide field of it view. Is. And I'll also say that you probably <coughs> had the eye cups off, which... I don't oh, even no, have eye cups, yeah. so that's that's the twins with the eye cups pulled off at correct at 117 feet. Yep. Yeah. It. it you know. It, again, it's just uh, we, you know, we've been talking about it, and we just really wanted to put numbers to it an actual field test. Because if you know, if we can talk the numbers all day long, but if it doesn't, if it doesn't compute in the field, that's what matters. Yeah. So, but the, I, I you know, again the. The Swarovski claimed versus what it actually was 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 pretty darn good. Yeah, looking at this chart, the margin of error was smaller with with that. Yep. I think. Yeah, and the I don't remember what the Coas were. One sixteen to one hundred eight. One hundred eight. So that was pretty close. That too. was pretty close too. So you feel like maybe when they did their test, they were given a little bit more on that edge of what you're saying, focused clarity that maybe they were fudging. All the manufacturers were fudging just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think there's... Yeah, and it depends on conditions, too. I mean, maybe they had just absolute it, it, perfect exactly. light or... You yeah, know. you know, great morning light and measuring... They, I mean, I, I have absolutely no claim to know how they measure field of view. It's probably at a very staked out, perfectly flat, you know, at, at basically like a... You know, think about the nicest rifle range you can think of at 1,000 yards... You have a perfectly flat berm. You can sit there and you know spray paint markers, exactly. and, and it's probably very much more scientific than Brody out there. Yeah, back up a foot. Yeah, yeah well, so, no, and, and it was. We but that was at a thousand yards. <laughs> we had yards, a lot right? of fun with it. Yeah. But, uh, no, I can't see you anymore, Cody. Take a step forward. Nope, still can't see you. And you know, I'm 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 losing weight, but I, I'm still a pretty easy object <laughs> in, in the binocular field of view. Holy yeah. cow. You know, if there's, I mean, you get, you got to think about it. If there was a slant to where he was walking, that'll, you know, that'll throw it off. Yeah, there, so uh, it's, but it was a but, thousand but yards, it, right? It was exactly a thousand yeah. yards. And it just worked out that where we stopped and we set up the binos and we were actually able to get on a road that was down below us. And um, we picked out the best, most fair part yeah. of the road that we could that made this as real as possible. Mm -hmm. Guys, what questions are you getting from people coming into the shop that are looking through the BTX? Or what questions are you getting from people that are calling on the phone? You know, what is what are the biggest questions that you're getting or concerns well, or? I, well, I mean, you know, more, I'm, you know, we all answer the phone, at, you know, for different times, different reasons, whatever, but. For me, the biggest one is like, well, I just wanted to see, you know, I'm, I just want to hear from you guys, or I just wanted to come down and see for myself, because I, I, you know, it's you're splitting the light, you know, I, I, I you know, the, it's like they just couldn't believe it could be that good. That I yeah. mean, that's I think that's the number one that I've. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's it's a lot of technical questions. You know, it's a lot of it's a lot of how much do they weigh? What's the you know what's the breakdown? How does it work? Stuff like that. But I think it's a it's a it's a pretty simple it's a pretty simple setup. You know, it's a it's used exactly like the original eyepieces, exactly like the ATS XDX uh eyepieces right now. And so you know, once you kind of explain it to people, they're like, "Oh, 
okay, is it, you know, is it, is it all that's cracked up to be? And yeah, yeah, pretty, you know, pretty much it is <laughs> better. And yeah. And, and, and they're like, okay, sounds good. You know, and if they order, they order, if they, you know, if they don't, they're, they're just thinking about it, you know, and it's and the guys that come in to see it. They're like, I just wanted to come check it out. And what are, what's you know, the response for the people that actually come in and look at it? What's the overwhelming? I, if you had oh, to say, I what have literally, I have literally not heard a person say, "Oh, I expected more." You know, every single person, and that's that's. I'm not I'm not buttering that up whatsoever. Yeah. Every single person that's come in has said, "Wow, that's you know, you know, that's pretty cool." Not you know, there's nobody doing cartwheels in the front room, you know, saying it's 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 changed their lives. But every person that's looked at it says, "Oh, okay." You know, I'll be right, real interested it? to see after guys you use it at deer season and elk season yeah. and antelope this fall right. after guys yeah. actually use it. I'll bet you there are going to be some guys doing cartwheels. I, I think so. And once once people get it out in the field and once people start to see their friends with one, you know, and start to really use their buddies and stuff like that. Because, I mean, r- right now there's, you know, our our credibility, you know, as as, as much as we think, it's it's not enough for most people, you know, it's not enough to hear from others, from another person that, yeah, you may, you know, respect them as an outdoorsman, but you still want to hear from, you know, your buddy Joe that it's, you know, that it's word of mouth is, yeah, that it's the best thing ever. You, you still, you trust your friend. But I think all of us even, you know, there's not very many of them out in the United States. Like I've had mine out several times, but I really haven't. I mean, we glassed up a bunch of deer that morning that was about as real as it gets that's as real as it gets and it was great but i'm also at the point where it's like i continue i'm not one of these guys that can just jump into something and be like yeah best ever you know like i need to use it a little bit and definitely i've been pretty blown away with what i've seen and i think you two are missing a point here because i'm gonna tell you (laughs) here we go yeah right (laughs) that the first time a guy lugs it up the mountain and he has to give it back to his buddy, and then he's got to carry the koas up the mountain the next time. It's yeah. a no-brainer. It, it, he's no-brainer. literally going to go, oh, because I, I don't, I just, I'm just telling you, I, I think that people are, this is the one product that are going to bring more people into the, the long-range glass, the long-range glassing than, mm-hmm. than, and and I'll say that yes, the 15s did that to an extent. But this is the one that's going to make people look way farther. Than, yeah, I mean, than Cody, you bring up a huge point because that's something that I'm kind of fail, failed to talk about here. You make a great point, Jay. Walk a half a mile up and look through the BTX for a half hour. Walk back down <laughs> here and put in your pack the Koas and the giant tripod. Yep. Go back up and you tell me which one you like. Man. Well, the well, 95 millimeter objective with 35 power BTX is at 6.2 pounds. The yep. Koas are at 14. You're saving eight pounds right there. And that's just the that's just that's the just, op- the that's just the optics. And then the They're, tripod, you're saving another at least seven or eight pounds, maybe exactly. even ten. You can't because you can use it on our you can use it on our tripods. Yeah, that's you can the, use it on lighter tripods. Right, you can use it on the outdoorsman's. Tripod, one hundred percent. Which, when you compare that to the big giant bogan, oh gosh, it could be eleven. I mean, we should weigh it. It could be eleven pounds. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, with the, so I mean, five hundred two with the five hundred two on it. Yes, it, it it could definitely get that heavy. I and think when people, it. you know, I I liken it to this because the first time I ever did it, I was like, God, I just I, where did all the weight go? 
when you put a set of EL 1032s and you put our stud in and put them on a tripod. Oh, unbeatable. And, and, and you take like literally a 65 power STS, 65 power spotting scope, and you take everything else out of your pack. And you run up into some canyon because you, you know that there's a buck living there that all you're going to do is try to find that buck on that given day. And you pack your pack and you're normally carrying about a 28 to 30 pound, depending on water and everything. And all of a sudden your pack weighs like 18 pounds. or 19 yeah. pounds yeah. for the day. I don't care who you are. You're like, God, where are all the way? Well, that's when pack? I switched to these spot twin spotters right, right. here from the Coas. So I went from... You know, those are seven and a quarter, sure. seven, say seven and a half pounds right. plus my small tripod. Right. Whereas I was taking the Koas and the big tripod, those were that, that's what was a game changer about these twins for me. And then you take the BTX, this, when you compare apples to apples with those, the, you know, 65 millimeter, when you go to the 65 millimeter BTX, yep. I'm saving three more pounds yeah. carrying the BTX. Well, yeah. and that's the thing is, is it, and, and we all agreed on this or have agreed by looking through the 65 in the BTX, there's going to be times when you throw that in your pack. And, Jay, you've just cut three pounds off your twins. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, oh, yeah. You, no, no, no. You just cut the three 65 pounds is, there. It's, it's 100% usable. Yeah. I mean, at this point, at this point, there is no – I mean, we've, we've, we've talked about it. There's not a huge discernible difference between the 95 and the 65 well, with the BTX. Okay, I think so when you get – Long distance. Long distance. There's a, di- there's like a when we looked at those bucks. What, okay, so in Mark, you weren't there. But I wasn't there, there was yeah. there was a group of four bucks that were up on this kind of little triangular little bull thing. Yeah, and I found them. Like I think it was in the eighty-five. I was I was looking through the eighty-five, and I found them. I'm like, God, you know that buck's nice, and you know this one's. You know, I was looking. I'm like, okay, well here's the test. Throw the ninety-five on there, and they were at. I think I went back and checked the distance on the maps. That they were roughly at about a mile and three quarters, you know, one point seven five, and the minute that we put the ninety five on there, I got. I mean, it, when it, you we, found them in the eighty five, I was in my sixty five BTX, right. and I could see that they were bucks. And then you're like, switch to the ninety five. Well, yeah, because we switched both of them to ninety five real quick, and it was like. Ooh, ooh, boy. Really? I mean, it was a discernible, uh-huh. like, ooh, that was nice. Because that yeah. buck lifted his head at oh, that yeah. one time, and you're like, ooh. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. yeah. And, it's uh, going to be, that. that's a, that's a great, I mean, that's so, a great test to it. But this is the thing, though. So you take that 95 and how good that felt, mm-hmm. and if you're telling me that I can throw the puck the, on yeah, the 65... And I could zoom that those particular bucks in, and my you know, the the diminishing anything light gathering that we're all questioning until we have the puck in our yeah. hands. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's a done deal. Yeah, I think that's where it's. I think that's where it's really we're really going to see the huge differences between the ninety five and the sixty five, and yeah. well, the three different eyepieces is when the extender comes, yeah. and when we start to see that because right now, like when we were the day we had all four or five of you know those optics out there out in the back, we, yeah, and we yeah. were looking up at that mountain, the sixty five and the ninety five, you know, those rocks, you know, at, at fifteen hundred yards. Wasn't a huge. Those rocks yeah. look, you know, pretty much the same. Exactly. You know, but like the, the long distance stuff. But once you get that extender on there and you get to fifty one power and sixty power, I think that extra that extra you know real estate on the objective lens with the ninety five is really going to help out. Yeah, you know, I, your exit pupil is going to take less of a hit 
when it comes to that 95 instead of the 65 millimeter. I, that, I mean, I can't agree with you more. Yeah. I, I, I'm super excited to see it and, and you know, can't say anything about it because it's none of yeah, us, none of us have even, none of us have even looked at one. Fun to speculate though. Yeah, none of us have even had one in our hands, so we have I, absolutely no idea. I can tell you right now with the 95 and the 65, I don't have the 85, but with the 65 and the 95, for me, I can see carrying my 10 ELs in my on my chest with my outdoorsman's bino adapter. Mm-hmm. I can see myself glass and close range stuff, you know, and then I can see myself going on cooster hunts and, you know, sheep hunts where I'm really hiking and doing a lot of stuff, taking that 65 and just being perfectly content. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And then you throw yeah. in whatever it's going to come in weight-wise, the magnifier, and well, it's like, I don't know that you're going to need much more than that for most hunts. Most hunts. Now, granted, if a buck's out there at two and a half miles with right. the 95, yeah, I'm going to be able to tell a little bit better what that buck is. But from a weight standpoint and being able to save, you know, two and a half pounds, yeah. it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's When you a need huge to kill difference. that buck, yeah. that two and a half pounds at two and a half miles is going to be, is gonna oh, be pretty nice. Helped, yeah, man. exactly. <laughs> You've been well, there. So, the, yeah. The, and that, you know, when the buck, that, well, I mean, we had been looking at deer on that face, but the one that was at 2.85 miles mm-hmm. or whatever it was. When I saw that, I, you know, I mean, you're looking through it and you're you're really fine tuning the the the, uh, the the your focus and you're you're adjusting it, just making sure you got everything perfect and you're making sure that the tripod is as still as it can be, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, that looks like a really good buck right there. I mean, he's you know got everything that you think you could see from that distance, and in the back of my mind, I'm like. Please don't turn your head and, and like be you know like up against a you know like a red um, uh, manzanita bush or whatever it is and and when he turned his head it was like I mean it was just to see the deer move and turn and that's the two eyes talking there no yeah. that, that's absolutely that I mean that is your mind is and people maybe I don't know if we've I, could, I don't know if we talked about it but you know your eyes see in stereo vision and so. When you're splitting the 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 image through the one spotter into two eyes, it's basically like your eyes see now. Your eyes see two images, and your brain basically fuses them together. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. It it, it works. I mean, it, it was impressive to go through that whole process and see it and and do it. And um, I, I yeah, I'm. I'm just really excited about this puck too. Yeah, about the, no, the, it's the extender. Be, I think it's going to be awesome. I mean, it's just you think about it. I mean, it's we you know we thought you know before we saw the BTX like oh you know let's not let's not put the cart before the horse. You know we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, this is going to be really cool, but we have no idea how it's going to perform. And in hindsight, I mean, it's EO glass. It's mm-hmm. field flattening Swirl Vision glass with two eyes. Yep. So I, I mean, had just it's bought a 30 the power. stinking yeah. I know. <laughs> it's like it, basically you're taking if if Swarovski tomorrow with like if you go back you know six months and Swarovski never released the BTX and they said hey we're releasing a 30 power EL binocular we'd all be like hell yeah yeah that's going to be amazing right you know and no one would even question the it's fact that it was going to be amazing it's, it's exactly what they've done yeah. you know yeah. it's there's 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 scientific differences that I will never understand when it comes to splitting that beam, but I don't care because when you go look at it outside, it looks exactly the same. It looks I amazing. think one thing that people are um, talking about is, um, you know, they're asking me, well, how does it compare to the 15s? 
And I'm like, wait a minute you here. Can't. Let, let's just. This is a long range. This is big eyes. This yeah. is big optics. This is compared to Koa's, Doctors, the Twin Swarovskis. We're not talking 15s. That's no. a whole nother level. That's a whole nother level. And I love the Swarovski 15s. They're one of my favorite pieces of gear. But when you when I'm talking long range glassing, I'm talking twenty five power or more. Yes. Well, and, and in a and weight spotting scope type, and it, also, you know, powers. and I'm going to say this, I kind of like to put fifteen hundred yards and beyond. Right. I mean distance. Yeah. Distance. Good distance. I mean, you know, good yeah. distance. Start. You know, where where you know you get to the point where even a twelve power or fifteen power binocular, you're really not going to be, you know, start to be able to pick out eye guards and stuff like that. You know that those types of dif- you know distances, thirteen hundred, fifteen hundred, you know, out to two thousand, twenty five hundred, you right. know, that type of areas where even with you know the highest end twelve, fifteen power, you know, even I guess you could throw in twenty power binoculars out there, you're really not going to be able to pick a po- pick apart tiny tiny differences because. I mean, even like you're saying with that that 95 at that distance, light and all that stuff has to do with the clarity and and how fine you can get that image. Well, there's a give and take with everything. Exactly. And if you're if you're talking trying to see coos deer or mule deer at at that distance, and you're talking trying to trying to differentiate between inches and and when you're talking diameters and stuff like that, that of, of antlers, that's that's minuscule items at 2,000 yards. Yeah. I mean, minuscule a- things absolutely. you're trying to pick apart. So small differences go a long way. Yeah. And Any final thoughts from you, Cody, on the BTX? I'm, you know, I'm, i i got to be honest with you. I'm, I, I've had it in the field now twice in, on game animals, and I, I just can't see how it's not going to be in my pack. Yeah, me too. Mark? No, yeah, it will be. It will be a def- definitive part of my, you know, of my pack this year. It's. I have no idea in which configuration yet. Yeah, but it'll well, it, it'll be in the pack. And I think that really needs to be talked about, and we can certainly break that down on another podcast because there truly is. I mean, we're already hearing guys talk about what their system is going to be, and. Boy, does it get really personal. I mean, you know, it really yeah. gets personal with guys about, yeah. well, you know, I think I'm going to carry the eights and I'm going to do that, you know. And but it's already personal. Everybody's but, got no, their no, own but system that's anyway. That's what I'm saying is, is it, but this, boy, this is yeah, really throwing a, a wrench into some people's program because they're like, well, I've got to be, you know, well, do I leave something at home or do I bring, and I just think it's going to give people more. Use specific gear to use for a specific job on a given day. Yeah. I think period. from a weight standpoint alone, they separate themselves from the field. And people that love the optical quality of Koa's, people that love the optical quality of the doctors, okay, even if you're sitting and looking through them and you don't stipulate that the Swarovski's better, even though I think the three of us would say we think it's better, mm-hmm. we've looked through all of them, from a weight standpoint, it's like not even a conversation. No, yeah. it's yeah, not. That's it's the, like that's okay, really let's opinion. say it's it's equivalent. Well, that's let's say thing. that it's equivalent. Okay, now let's yeah. weigh them. You walk up the mountain with each of the three. What are you going to carry? It's yeah. like a no brainer. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's the I mean, thing. That's is, the thing is that's where the opinion that's where the opinion portion of it breaks down because you can listen to people talk about it all day long and you can hate the BTX optically, but 
it's when you're saving. That's where the science the comes thing in. Is, is that, that there are, are places like I can think in my head right now where I love to go hike for the day or morning in glass and get up before, you know, first light and be in my spot. And I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be so much nicer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I look, I'm all for training and all for, you know, putting in the work, but. You can pack like, that much more food, that much more water, another jacket, whatever. An, you know, another layering piece, yeah. whatever. I mean, you could bring a small child with you at that point. <laughs> like, I hate, I hate picking apart ounces. Like, I, I absolutely hate it. You know, the, the, the older you get, the you, guy, I know, I know, <laughs> but still, I'm, I'm you're I'm still in your from, 20s. Yeah, I'm, I have blinders on right now, but still. It's like the guys that cutting their toothpaste, you know, their, their toothbrushes in half. I'm just like, oh God, you know. But this is—we're not talking ounces. You're talking pounds. Literally having, you yeah. know, a piece of gear that you've got that weighs 14 pounds. And obviously, you know, there's the guys that are like, oh, I wasn't carrying coas up the mountain anyway. So now I'm talking about adding weight. But what you get? How much though? Yeah. I mean, how much right. weight are you actually adding yeah. between the two eyepieces, the ATX and STX? You're not adding that much. You're losing, you know, ridiculous amounts of weight from its competitors, and you're really not gaining that much weight by adding those two eyepieces. And and I think the bonus over just guys that are, ah, I'm just a spotting scope guy. You got two eyes. Yeah. That from a comfort standpoint, you've got both eyes working. You can glass twice as long. Yep. With two eyes. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's nobody can even well, there, argue that. Uh, yeah. And and again, there is something absolutely 100 percent. That when you are using both eyes as opposed to one, and all the muscular things that happen in your face when you're glassing with a spotting scope as opposed to, uh, you know, the BTX with both eyes open, I I just don't know how you could even argue the other way. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I mean, I would figure out a way to carry a BTX in a 65 as opposed to say an STS 65. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And by the way, that STS 65 in a little pair of tens or whatever on a tripod, that's one of my favorite go-to it's combinations. Killer. Yeah, yeah, no, it's killer. Those 1032s, 1032s and 832s are yeah. are killer pieces of glass. And that STS was, you know, is awesome. And, and the the weight saving capabilities of that setup right there is amazing, but you're still, you still got, you know, it just comes back to that point of you're still using one eye <laughs> yeah. with a spotting scope <laughs> and sure. that you can't, I'll trade weight all day long, all, yeah. all day long to use that. And it's nice when you're, you know, you're always hunting with somebody else. So you can always have but, that spotting scope in their pack and you can have the BTX in yours. That's nice. You know? And so you always I have think options. About somebody that's hiked up into a high basin and they're, studying a deer or whatever a buck or they're really trying to get a good score on what you know whatever it, it, whatever his thing is if you think you got detail on a 65 power i'm, I'm sorry on a, a like a a 25 or 50 power stx mm-hmm. or ST, sts i'm sorry sts with one eye and you could virtually have a 30 power with a puck with both eyes yeah Imagine your ability to score a deer or understand or, you know, see the cheaters or all the little stuff. It's, it, it just, it's exponentially better. Yeah. Guys, um, it's been awesome talking about the BTX. Um, let's talk about this plate carrier. Yeah. 
Um, but before I say that, I think I saw a video on your Instagram, the Outdoorsman's Instagram or Facebook, and I want to say you were carrying Junior in there. Yes. <laughs> yes, we were. So that was Actually, field testing for field the plate testing carrier, for the plate and carrier. you were carrying Junior around. Yep. No, we were. That was, uh, I think it was. There was that. The funny thing is, we did we post that? I think we did actually. Yeah, I yeah, saw it did. somewhere. Of, of me yeah. on, yeah. Well, actually, no, I did. Cole, I think no, I posted and it. Cole posted it. And Cole posted it. Yeah. Well, we so were, maybe I should. We were product tell testing a, a little yeah. bit of the history testing. of this. Looked a little um, goofy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we've had a lot of questions goofy. over the years about the hole in the center of our backpack <laughs> yeah. frame, and it should basically be said that. Floyd, who, you know, not, I mean, he's always thinking and always doing something and thinking ahead and, and him and and the gentleman that, that built our, our frames from the, you know, from the beginning, they always thought it would be cool to have some way to carry an Olympic plate of 45 or 35 or 25 Mm -hmm. pounds or whatever. We had prototypes that were made. We'll call seven years ago. We'll I, call them prototypes. Yeah, I mean, we'll call them prototypes. Yeah, I, I remember mean, the one that you were actually hooking Koa Pelican cases to. Oh, yeah, we still frames. got that thing. We've out still there. got yeah, that too. I actually, just ran across that the other day. And that has its applications, but I, I'm going to say this: that when I first got here, you know, we have a jerry can carrier. You know, it, uh, we have a pack that will do nothing but haul water if that's what you want it to do. We have packs in, in in this plate carrier system, though. When we would talk to people about it years ago, this was before the fitness craze in hunting. So I really want to say that, you know, I mean, Floyd did this years ago. And it was really, quite frankly, way ahead of its time. And I know that there's been people that have done things before then, but, you know, that but that hole in the center of our pack has always been made to hold basically the uh, uh, a stud a, a stud yeah. that's the same size as an olympic weight bar and i think now that the, you know since mark and jake ha, well, mark has been driving this boat for the last couple of months now and he's done an awesome job with it and and how it's taken life we have gotten nothing but positiveness out of this deal. Just to let the listeners know what these guys are talking about on the outdoorsman's pack frame, which is a uh, polycarbonate. Polycarbonate. Okay, they have made it where you can actually carry weight, just like you know, twenty-five, thirty-five, forty-five, whatever pounds. Correct. Right. Yep. And for training. Yep. So you can simulate weight in your pack without using sandbags or whatever guys yeah. you know w- water or whatever and, and strap it on and you can literally put plates on add plates take plates off what yeah. have you yeah i mean we've we what have you tested what's the high 45 right now the this weekend's an 80 pound test so this this that'll be fun but uh right now i mean we we did we did the drop test which we actually we did we did post on our instagram if you want to check that out it, it we we took a 45 pound plate Strapped it to the frame with the new with the new adapter, um, and took it to past shoulder height. You know, I just basically held it up and you know held it up over my over my head and and dropped it from six <laughs> feet and probably let it go. and let it go. And 
I I find myself worrying about how it's going to perform this weekend with eighty pounds. But considering I just put the I just put the centrifugal force of two hundred pounds onto it right there, or way more, or way more. I have no idea yeah. what that math comes out to, and it was <clears throat> perfectly fine. Didn't break at all. It didn't break Nothing. at all. Didn't I, crack. I, no, no. I mean, and we did it six times. We did it two times on each what we thought would be a weak point, and obviously, you know, that's not that's obviously not its breaking point. We have no idea how long it would take to actually break at that point. And it should be said at this point that anybody that owns an outdoorsman's pack Mm -hmm. in in our frame will be able to add this piece of gear to their frame system for training. Yeah. All they need is is our bracket Mm -hmm. to go on there. Yeah, the shoulder harness has to come off. And to make it easier to put it on, and there's just two plates to sandwich, and then a a, a stud or a rod that that uh, that inserts in. Um, so, I mean, in the in the grand scheme of things, it weighs about three pounds. The the little setup. If you take the rod off, you're at about one and a half pounds. So technically, if you need to run it up, go run up for you know a quick day trip, quick glassing trip. Wouldn't even take it off. You wouldn't even have to take it off. You could just unscrew that rod portion. And just then take off. Yeah, you're gonna have an extra pound and a half on your pack, but you know if you're only running up a hill really quick to go glass, you don't have to worry about it. So, you know if you're going on a week long elk hunt, yeah, take it off. But other than that, it's a really simple, easy to use, easy to install. And there will be video, you know, once it once it actually gets released, and because it is still technically prototype right now. Um, so then will be the next question is: Are we gonna see shirtless selfies and hashtags on Instagram? <laughs> of course, plate carrier, yeah. plate carrier, R us or whatever. Hundred percent. No, we're gonna. We are going to turn into. Uh, we have a couple Abercrombie models that are going to be, you know, heading our social media division from now on. And but no, it's a. It's it's we're we're piggybacking off of this you know this, this new craze of fad of of being in shape to hunt and it, it should I don't think it should be called a fad because, fads are annoying in my opinion. Fads are the things that you're like, oh, that'll wash out in a couple of years. And I really hope this one doesn't because this is something that's actually doing good for the industry and it's it's starting to change the face of hunting a little bit. You can kind of see it. You can kind of see the normal everyday hunter is not, you know, that is not what it used to be, you know, and and I think that's a good thing. I I so. I see what you're saying. My only gripe with the whole I'll still call it a fad. I'm 44. I have the right to call it a fad. You can. You know, for me, I think there's a lot of people that are in shape and they're young. Mm -hmm. and But that doesn't mean they're a good hunter. Oh, definitely not. And I think there's a lot of stuff going on on social media. And I'm just old. You know, I'm 40. I'm getting old. Um, I would argue I'm in better shape than I was in my 20s, though. Um, But I, I feel like, you know, there's this whole conglomerate out there that you know they're posting shirtless selfies and shooting their bow without their shirt on showing their muscles well i'm like yeah when you're in your 20s that's pretty easy to do there's not a lot of guys over 40 doing that yeah no it's it's and i 100 percent and i think that by the way (laughs) you know i think that there's a lot of stuff that needs to be worked on as well as building muscles and definitely you know showing off your tan and what you know and that's that's the thing is this isn't this plate carrier system that we're doing is a 100% practical product. Absolutely. It's not we're not, you know, 
We're not it's not some gimmick. Yeah. It's not, not a Smith gimmick. machine. You yeah. know, we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna build. You know, it's not a Smith machine that you go do you know massive squats on, and, and that's you it's, know all of a sudden you're not well, you're not practical. It's literally functional. to put weight on your back and go up and down the mountain and well, sweat this, your this brains is, out. That's this it. brings up a a really good like look. I'm all for the CrossFit or the True Hit Fitness and that kind of stuff. I, I'm all for all of it, but the easiest and best way for you to strengthen yourself or your body or your muscles for a specific job is for you to go, go do, do that, that job. specific job. Yep. No, 100%. So, again, I'm not saying anything about the gym rats and all the other stuff. I, I think it's awesome. Yes. Okay? I battle that every day of my life, and I'm getting in better shape, and I was an athlete once upon a time, and um, bottom line is, is that there is a place for that. Sure. But if I'm going to train for an elk hunt coming up this fall and so that I'm not sucking wind when I go to, you know, put an elk cord on my back, there's only one way to train for that. Yeah. Yep. Because you can, you can do all back. the stuff that you want to do in the gym, but that doesn't, you know, that's a whole different ball It doesn't ball simulate the real thing. When, mm-hmm. when your feet are at different angles and you're constantly stepping on, there is so many more muscles involved with that that the only way to truly get out and go do it is is to put that weight on your back and go hit the trails. Yeah. Or, you know what? And for that matter, don't hit the trails. Kind of go off your, the trail. C- cut your own trail. Yeah. yeah. And this I, is, I that- think this is going to be a huge hit. And I, I see it being very practical. And obviously, I'm just biased a little bit on, you know, what's going on. But I see it being a very practical tool for someone that's trying to build strength. Yeah, for carrying weight. Definitely. I mean, it's and that's, a you know, perfect the... opportunity to be able to use different varying amounts of weight and carry it in a center spot that's not sloshing around. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and, the thing. It's, and it's, carry nine, you know, eighty, ninety pounds potentially. You're going to test it. Yeah, to no, see it's if definitely, it's, you know, it will hold it. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about it. It will hold it. Um, so what I've already really... seen out of this, Mark, it just dawned on me. Jay, you're getting ready to leave for Colorado here in about month and a half am i gonna be the field model oh i got some prototypes out there for you i think that you're gonna be testing one of these yeah i think you might have to i will guarantee you that the pictures you'll see i'll have my shirt on (laughs) (laughs) well i can point you there's a used sports store about three miles down the road that sells 45 pound plates so that we just bought that one at perfect but uh no it's it's and that's the thing is all the all the you know workout fads and stuff aside that the reason this was produced is it's a better way to do it. Sure. It's it's a better way to cleaner. carry the weight. Yeah. It's cleaner. It's easier. Yeah. You know, and I've I've got a sixty five pound sandbag at home. And that's what I used to use, just walking around. And I luckily I can walk straight from my house and I can do five hundred feet up, five hundred feet down from my front porch. Luckily I live in a hilly area. Um but for most people they don't. They have to go drive somewhere. They have to and for the people that I've seen using sandbags and packs and stuff like that, their training packs get beat to hell yeah. with those things. And it's it, it they get beat up. And all of a sudden, you get done with your six-mile hike, and that sandbag is about half the size it was when you yeah, started. Leaked out. It's completely shifted. Yeah, they, they break leaks. Dry bags are kind of expensive. You know, and nice this is dry nice because it fits on the frame. You take the bag completely off. It's just the frame. You it's don't easy. have to. Your your bag can stay folded up in your closet. You don't have to put any extra well, tear on the bag, and, extra wear and tear. And, and we've had a number of people that already have our stuff. They're like, no, no, no. I'm going to buy a. Se- they want a separate frame, separate frame, harness, and belt. 
just yeah. for that. Specifically yeah. Yeah. for that. And, and to reiterate, you, you don't need to do that. that's probably how I would do it, just to have a total separate setup yep. so I don't even yeah. have to mess with it. And, you know, in for for most people you know this isn't this isn't going to be this is definitely not going to be the you know the cheapest way to to hike you know uh wait around that's that's for sure i mean it's going to be it's it's going to be the same you know prices our backpack frame and stuff like that 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 cost gets added into it but when you think about if you were already thinking about buying an outdoorsman's pack and you're and you're looking to get in better shape and you're looking to do some training it's it's kind it's of a no-brainer, brainer, you yeah. know. It's kind of a no-brainer. Well, right it's going to last a long time. It's, it's not like you're going to buy time. that other, you know, sandbags. You're going to rip your bag. It's gonna, you're you're buying this. Yeah. Even if you know if you're serious about it, you're going to use it. You're going to use it for a year's time, yeah. two years time, five years time. I mean, it's not. This is not something like this is one of those things that yeah, you might be able to improve it over time as you guys use it. But it's kind of yeah. one of those things that it's going to be what it's going to be yeah, for the, sheer. Building strength. Well, and it needs to be said that um, we've had questions about our frames, and our frames are guaranteed for life. For life, yeah. I mean, and you can do anything to them if you want. You know, we've still to this day, aren't we still at seven, seven. or eight? I think we're at seven. Seven or eight. We, I don't know. We cut one open the other day. We can count that one as eight. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean. You're talking so, seven or eight that have yeah, broken. 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 Mm-hmm. Out of thousands. Thousands. Yeah. yeah. So. Se- I- I've been here for seven years now, and, and I've literally only replaced, se- it, it's, it's, I think we're at seven or eight frames. Yeah. So if if down the road if someone's listening to this and they have a plate carrier system with one of our packs and they somehow break their frame, please. Like you want a picture of them. Like oh, I want put it on the wall to be exactly. like, here's number exactly. eight. Yeah, we always ask people to say, you know, if somebody's done something like that, we're like, hey, send us the frame. We want we want to know. We have all the frames. Yeah, yeah, we have all the broken frames. Exactly. I mean, it's, and, and they're all, we know, we know exactly what happened. And that's the thing is they just don't break. Yeah. You know, we've got the, we've got the lifetime warranty, not because guys, they break, but because they don't. It's right. the, you know, it's the if extra satisfaction. If you literally watch, I mean, we were complete. No, I don't want to call us idiots, but we were having fun out there. <laughs> yeah, we were. But if you literally go watch the Instagram videos and watch it in slow motion, what it does and the weight when it hits the ground. How it just... Blah, 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 blah. It, I mean, I, you know, look, I, it was impressive. Yeah. And then we it did it again. It bends in every And then like, we did it way, again. It? Oh, yeah. No, and it's... then we did it. I'm like, hey, no, drop it on its corner. I mean, we were like, do it from this angle. And we couldn't get it to break. Yeah. We're gonna do ninety pounds tomorrow, and if yeah. you don't see a uh, Instagram video about that one, just we found the limit. We found the limit. So <laughs> exactly. you know, on that one, we may post it anyways and say like, "Hey, we're not even mad to admit that it broke at this point because ninety pounds dropped from five and a half six feet is it's a lot of weight. That's a lot of weight, yeah. and that's about the limit of something you know that's going to happen. Basically, you have an elk, you have an elk hind, you know, and you drop it from the bed of your truck off your back if there's you know six foot seven they drop it from your back that's the that's the limit that's you know that's simulating. basically what that's what we're simulating yeah. i mean technically that's not what we're simulating because we're we're taking it even a step further and that weight with the plate carrier is focused onto oh. about a five by six plate yeah. so it's it's even more intense and i have i have all the faith in the world that it's going to go you know extremely well but like i said even if we do have you know a break at that point i'm not going to call that a loss whatsoever it's a that's that still outperforms most pack frames out there, and if you're talking aluminum, don't even 
don't even bring that up. Well, yeah, the aluminum, aluminum yeah, frame would absolutely yeah, get annihilated. Yeah, we've already seen that. Yeah. It's contorted itself yeah. and never come back to shape. Yeah, and Cody Cody mentioned that some people have done this plate carrier system before. Um, Rogue Fitness and a company called Innovative Performance, I think, was the first to do it, and they call it the uh, the load trainer. And it's a great it's a great system. It's a it's it works. You can take you know you can take Olympic well, plates and strap them to your back, but, but you're think, using an yeah. Alice you're using an Alice frame pack. And if anybody's ever used an Alice frame pack, I would. I think Let's I would just rather just the carry word. the forty-five pound plate up the hill, and you know, with my with my bare hands, than put it on yeah. my back at that point. When you use an al, there it's an old military frame pack, and it's your shoulder com- harness is like, aluminum. You don't basically. ever think about the word comfort. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's not even horrible. It's horrible. So yes, if you're doing like a lot of the guys, like Rogue Fitness is very uh, you know CrossFit related and stuff like that. So with those guys, they're usually doing like a 45-pound weighted 100-meter run or rated 100-meter trot or jog. With that, it's acceptable. But with this, that's not what we were going for. Yeah. We're you not going to be able to that. hike all the we way to the do, top. Yeah, I, I did four miles. The... I did just four miles the other day with it on a on an actual trail, not in the neighborhoods. And uh, I, I just got done with it. And it just, the weight feels extremely natural. Instead of feeling like you've got 45 pounds on your back, you just kind of feel forty five pounds heavier, mm. and that's a that's a perfect you know that's a perfect example of of what's going on. So yeah, of what's going on when you're wearing the pack. I mean, it's just a it's just an extra load on your legs, mm-hmm. just to give you that strength. extra extra strength. Exactly, mm-hmm. it's just a quad builder mm-hmm. and an endurance builder, and I think it's I think it's going to be accepted really well. I do too. And I, I hope I'm going to use the living crap out of it. So you know, if it's gonna it's gonna benefit me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be better because of it. So I'm I'm stoked. I think people are really going to accept it. I, I cannot wait to see what the people around my house in the park have questions oh, about when geez. I... I live out in Fountain Hills, and I walk by there, and I I think I'm going to get the cops called on me eventually because they're just not used to, first off, seeing anybody under the age of 30. Under in the, the age you know, of 70. It, exactly. <laughs> and so, it, you know, I walk by with a 45-pound plate on my back, and they're, I don't I don't know what they assume, but I break necks when people walk by. I mean, and then people on the trails are always like, whoa, look at that. You know, this is awesome. I mean that's what this this actually that's what this stemmed from. Our 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 you know our the guys over at Wilderness Athlete used to hike around with that so-called prototype that we had you know a while ago of this of this plate carrier and uh, and Kevin and Jesse and Kevin and Steve I think it was um, basically said hey we need to we need to look into this because they would get we mobbed. get heckled I mean like they get they get yelled at like hey what is that what is that you know from guys that are that are doing the trail with crappy sandbags in their mm. back you know and so they, that's where they said they were like we might need to look into this and everything we've posted every person that's seen the prototypes because the prototypes are just sitting out in our showroom right now i've been like hey uh what's that mm-hmm. put me on the list that's awesome you know so it's it's going to be really cool i'm excited about it and we're going to have to get you set up with your prototype when we're done with this so i can take it to thirteen thousand five hundred feet Ooh. Watch that so, guys, All it's right. been awesome. Yeah. Um, Jay, thanks for coming in again. We, yeah. uh, no, we love a, it. It's always fun. Yeah. So, did you draw anything, Mark? I, I did not draw anything in Arizona, but Cody? I've got a Wyoming tag. Nice. So we're all good. Yeah. Cody, you got anything? I don't. Yeah. But I do have to brag on our oh, our, yeah. our, our little guy up the front. The youngin'? Cole Bruns, 23 Cole Bruns, South. 23 South. Well, nice. Early archery. We will be there. Nice. Yep. We, awesome, guys. Um it's it's always uh, good hanging out with you guys. Uh, thanks for sharing your your time and your knowledge. And uh, 
yeah, until next time, God bless, okay? Well, appreciate it very much, sir. Thanks for having us. All right.